Well, we've spent a lot of time uh, over the past few days, and certainly you've heard it on all sorts of media, radio, television, uh, certainly all over the papers and in the Internet as well. There's a big show, a big, a really big show coming up tonight. It's called A Cast of uh, Hundreds, and it's One World Together at Home. Lady Gaga put it together. Uh, the Rolling Stones have uh, among the latest to sign on. Paul McCartney, Billie Eilish, Stevie Wonder, Alicia Keys, uh, hosted by Stephen Colbert and the Jimmies. Fallon and Kimmel, quite the extravaganza, and all about, it's not a fundraiser, by the way, uh, because they uh, just decided that, in fact, in besides getting these high-profile performers to get together uh, to perform from their homes at a safe distance, they also decided to just shake them down for some dough, and Lady Gaga, I guess, pretty persuasive, because uh, she's apparently got over $30 million raised from these people. So, we, we've all heard about this, right? We know about this big show coming up on the tube later today. What you perhaps have not heard about is a a smaller scale, much more local version of precisely that idea happening right here in our backyard in Coquitlam also today. It's a concert being put on by Demi Danny Black, and it's being live-streamed. It is a fundraiser. It's for the food banks of Greater Vancouver. And Danny Black is with us right now from presumably her home, uh, the scene of the crime, so to speak, later in the day. Danny, good morning. Good morning, Sterling. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you with us. And I understand your accompanist is your father, Ian. Uh, Is he also uh, joining us this morning as well? I am here as well, Sterling. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Ian. It's good to have both of you with us. So, Danny, let's get right to the to the story here. How long has this been bubbling on the back burner in your head, and what took it from the front, the back burner, to the front? Well, I've been kind of having this idea of putting on a little social distancing uh, neighborhood concert for a couple of weeks now, but. It really kind of took off this week when I started hearing about how the food banks have really been struggling um, recently. And so that's when it kind of evolved from this idea to a just a neighborhood um, get-together, social distance get-together. Sure to um, more of a fundraising type live stream. Okay. Now, Danny, it would be helpful, by the way, if you turned your radio down in the background, I can hear it, and it's kind of sounding echoey like you're in the shower or something. Uh, but uh, So once you decided that it would be a good idea to have a concert, uh, and, and, and so when did the fundraiser connection, when did you connect those dots? You decided, okay, we're going to do a thing. We're going to put on a little show for the folks. And uh, when did you connect the dots to the food bank? Well, that's kind of started about uh, the beginning of the week when I sort of put it out on the internet. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've been wanting to do something to help people um, who have been struggling during these times for uh, about a month now when everything started kind of getting really real. Sure. Um, and it was just this happened to be the event that I was like, you know, why don't why don't I just start it now why not now okay and did you have to did you consult with the food bank or anything did you call somebody up and go you know i'm thinking about doing this show and raising some money uh any tips on what to say to people uh, watching and listening or uh streaming the the event uh to say about how to connect with you and do you have you uh, established a, a connection to the food bank personally 
Uh, yes, well, we have currently been in contact with the Greater Vancouver Food Bank. Yep. Um, we've been talking with them, um, and we are aware that the Tri-Cities Food Bank has also been struggling. Sure. So we're going to, in the end, divide the funds between the Greater Vancouver Food Bank as well as other more local, smaller-scale food banks, such as the Tri-Cities Food Bank. Gotcha. And yeah. Okay, I want to talk to your dad for a second. Ian, I have the suspicion already that Danny is a very modest young woman and isn't really want to talk about herself a whole lot, so I'm going to get you to do a little bit of it and tell us about uh, placing second in the uh, Youth Talent Search BC competition <laughs> and how and how long she's been at this. And Because uh, I, 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 I'm on the Instagram page here looking at all the photos, haven't heard much of the tunes yet. Tell us more about Danny, Dad. Well, she's uh, I, I, if she's shy on the radio, I can assure you she's not shy in person. <laughs> okay, uh, we're 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 uh, we're we're a fairly musical family. I was brought up with music, and uh, all of our kids were brought up with music. And Danny developed a knack for performing and just loving the experience of of being on stage at a, at a fairly young age, actually, and has had interest in musical theater and in dance. And uh, about five or six years ago, really got into. Uh, quietly sitting in a room with notepads and paper and and uh, and a guitar out and the piano as well, and began producing some songs that were far beyond what her mother and I thought were her years. Interesting, it was marvelous, the sophistication of her writing, and she just loves it, and so she's really passionate about it and is committed to it, and that got the attention of local hotels and bars and pubs and places and IKEA farm markets, and she's been doing an increasing number of gigs over the last year, and is. Uh, just blossomed into this wonderful young performer, and we're so very proud. And you're going to accompany uh, Danny. Um, I'm assuming you're going to play piano, and she's going to play guitar. Is that have I got that about right? Well, it's sort of. I've been. It, it's funny. I, I, I again, I'm, I've, I've been in music my whole life as a, as a passion, and I've, I've played in a band as a kid and that kind of stuff. But in this case, I'm very much in a backup role. I've been I've been told very clearly uh, what <laughs> I'm supposed to do, and my daughter is giving me very strict instruction about the harmonies. I'm I am, and I'm not allowed to sing. Right. Uh, so uh, I am following direction as a, as a as a roadie for the most part today. But I'll do a little intro music before the live stream. Uh, I, uh, I joke about abusing the neighbors, and uh, so uh, I will roll up the piano as part of the cul-de-sac performance setup. Uh, but when the live stream starts, it'll be mainly Danny, and I, I think she's letting me do backups in one of her wonderful original songs later. In the Interesting day. stuff. Would we remember the band you were in as a kid, Ian? No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. A pretty forgettable <laughs> suburban band. <laughs> absolutely, one of the thousands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Danny and Ian, please stand by. I need to take a quick break here, and I want to find out more about the times and the material and, and how people can watch and, and connect and, and help out with the food banks because Danny's wisely decided that uh, there's there's more need around Metro Vancouver than, than certainly can be dealt with by any one event, so let's spread it around what we can. We're talking with Danny Black and her dad. Ian about a concert coming up this afternoon. Uh, it's it's going to be called uh, Music for Meals. Danny, is that your line or is that some headline writer in one of the papers that came up with Music for Meals? Uh, well, when we kind of came up with the idea, my dad and I sat down to create a little title and that's 
what we came up with. Uh, it's a good idea. And the food bank and the, and the idea is, is uh, what you're soliciting here by way of donations is cash rather than uh, cans for the food bank. A, because of the COVID pandemic, and they're not particularly interested in, in, in receiving uh, canned goods from individuals, but also because as a food bank, they have volume buying capabilities, the likes of which you and I simply don't have. A buck to a food bank is worth anywhere from 3 to $5 when you're purchasing in the kind of bulk they do. So they really are after mostly cash today, right, Danny? Yes, that's, um, that's it exactly. Okay. Uh, Ian, you're talking about your daughter having become a singer-songwriter and impressed as you and your wife have been with her prowess since age 10. So, Danny, this afternoon, uh, when, we, when, you, when we see you perform, are you going to be doing mostly your own stuff? Uh, no, it'll be more of a blend of classic hits and my own material as well, but definitely a blend. Okay, and do you have uh, any instructions or requests, by the way, in terms of how people can come to see? I mean, we're going to stream it, so where would we go, for example, if we if we can't make it to the cul-de-sac in your area in Coquitlam? Where would we go online to see you? Well, the concert will be live-streamed through my Instagram account at dannyblack.music, okay. D-A-N-I. And yeah, it'll start at about four. It'll go for around an hour and it'll be lots of fun. Okay. Now, are you planning on uh, some form, because uh, your dad said, uh, we're going to roll the piano out, out onto the street. So I'm, I'm assuming that this is a, a, a visual thing as well. So talk about people who want to come see you. Um, well, because of social distancing exactly. and, you know, it's not a very big cul-de-sac uh-huh. where, um, we're going to we're very limited to how many people are going to be actually physically in on the street and in the neighborhood mm-hmm. just because for safety protocols, we don't want to um, put anyone at risk for catching the virus or anything like that. Right. So it's going to be mostly, um, I have a feeling the audience will be mostly online. Okay. Uh, Ian, let's talk a little bit. If I may, go ahead, please. We actually were quite specific with our neighbors. It was a great question you asked. And uh, the whole point here is having our neighbors sit at the end of their driveways with a, you know, their own folding chair and look down the street. Uh, We live in a cul-de-sac, so we can kind of get a nice view down to the end. And uh, there's, you know, one or two friends who live a street or two away who might wander down. But we'll have the whole thing taped off to make sure that we're, we're not in any concern when it comes to social distancing. That's oh, very important. From yeah, you're there. absolutely right. And at the same time, of course, for the locals who are who are fortunate enough to have it happen literally in their front yards, what a treat, Ian. <laughs> well, it's going to be fun. I think so. So, uh, again, let's talk a little bit about connecting the dots to the food bank. And uh, will you be, now I know that you said, Ian, you were going to, uh, you've uh, prepared a, a couple of intros to some songs and so on. Uh, is there a, a pitch uh, is there a, a, a direct-to-camera kind of, okay, here's what we'd like you to do. We'd like you to take a few moments and, and think about the food bank and how you can help out. Is that part of the package? Well, what we've done is uh, two things. In the promotion of this, it's been very limited. It's come together very quickly, and it's wonderful that CKNW and, uh, has taken interest uh, in, in uh, Danny's performance. Uh, what we've done is we've pushed it out through uh, my own channels, uh, through Danny's online, and she's got a growing Instagram audience around mm-hmm. the world. Uh, a lot of it in the U.S. and Canada, a lot of it in the East. Uh, and basically, I've uh, given people two choices. Number one, local food banks need help. Uh, we are trying to raise money in the greater Vancouver area, and we've been in touch, as Danny mentioned, with the greater Vancouver food bank, 
who services the North Shore, Burnaby, New West, and Vancouver. Right. Uh, the Tri-Cities Food Bank is also in desperate need, so we need to make sure that we're, we're spreading the money around. And the, I have to say, the food bank organization has been wonderful. They've made it very clear that they're supportive, and they are, they're aware that there's there's need that goes beyond just one organization or another. And on the strength of that, we've been pushing out the message uh, through all of the channels that we've got that says, look, even if you donate to your own food bank in in Chicago or in in in, in South Florida, just let us know so we can kind of include that in the effort. And we've been receiving emails through the week, mainly from BC, but from across Canada as well. Uh, a couple from Kamloops were saying we're really supportive. Thank you so much. I've donated thirty dollars to the Kamloops Food Bank. Good stuff. Uh, kind of as part of what you're doing. So it's been wonderful. And so it's not about. Uh, one organization is about making people aware of the need and letting them donate in the manner that they feel comfortable. Good stuff. Now, Danny, I'm looking at your Instagram page and you've got this uh, donate to local food banks, click the link in my bio, and you've got a GoFundMe link and all of that sort of thing going on. So you've really uh, you really got that well organized. I wanted to ask you, though, because your dad referred to some of the communication that you've been getting uh, f- uh, literally from, from feedback from people who are uh, curious about your music and this performance and so on. How how cool is it, without even being involved in, in television or any of that kind of expensive stuff, to know that when you do this thing this afternoon at 4 o'clock uh, from your driveway in Coquitlam, uh, this is going to stream to places you never even thought about. How cool is oh, that? It is unbelievably cool. I've had responses from people all over the world already, and it's it's really mind-blowing just knowing how many people are out there and from the various locations it's it's really crazy i'll bet does it does it add a little pressure or just kind of sharpen the edge for you um a bit of both (laughs) okay okay and uh again in terms of material you said you're going to do some of your own and uh, a lot of familiar stuff as well has some of the material that you've selected to perform today been requested you were talking about people uh, communicating with you by email saying we're looking forward to it we're going to donate to our food bank where we are uh can you do this song while you are you getting that as well uh no it's been more just songs that i've um played and you know, I've definitely been thinking about the audience who might be listening in. So it's a lot of familiar songs for older generations as well as uh, younger generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so maybe, uh, Ian, some of those uh, garage band hits from your, your youthful days may find their way <laughs> into, into the program yet? Yeah, she plays them better than I ever did. <laughs> I was in one of those bands, too, as a kid. An entirely forgettable exercise, except, of course, for the being in it part, which was pretty amazing stuff. So how does it feel to be the backup guy in this kind of scenario, Ian? It must be a lot of fun for you to, to say nothing of the pride involved. Well, there's two elements. One, obviously, it, it, it's uh, I've got the proud dad uh, piece, which is for sure. But I mean, I, I studied music for years, so I can also look at it and say, you know, she's got the touch. She knows what she's doing. She's comfortable. She just exudes uh, joy when she's performing. So her mom and I just uh, stand back with uh, with just just parental joy and watch what she's doing. And to see one of your children do something really well that they love doing, every parent listening in the show right now knows that feeling. You bet. Well, that part of it's wonderful. But the, the flip side is, as we talked about earlier, it's been quite a giggle in the household this week. Is uh, you know, I've been I've been relegated into a backup role, and I've been told very clearly that if I don't meet the standard, I won't be allowed to perform. That's so right. It's been quite a lot of fun with that. That's right. You 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 pull up your socks and get it done, or you'll get bounced, Dad. <laughs> great, it. great to have you both with us, Danny. Please l- remind us again where we can find you at four o'clock this afternoon online. 
Yes, you can find me on my Instagram account at dannyblack.music. Danny spelled D-A-N-I. And the live stream will start at around 4. Have a great show. Break a leg. And thanks for doing this this morning. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. You're welcome, Ian. Danny Black, D-A-N-I Black dot music. That's where it's all going to happen from the driveway in Coquitlam at 4 o'clock this afternoon and maybe at your house too. I'm joined on the line by Surrey Councillor Linda Annis, who is, among other things, the uh, executive chair of the Vancouver Crime Stoppers. And we're here this morning to talk about bullying and cyberbullying specific and with the new reality uh, as a basically all of the students of the province from K right through to post-secondary being compelled to take their classes at school, they are exposed in new ways to cyberbullying. Linda Annis, good morning. Thanks for getting up early and being with us today. My pleasure. Talk to us a little bit about Crime Stoppers and uh, your role with Crime Stoppers, and then we'll connect the dots between Crime Stoppers and cyberbullying. That would be great. Thank you. First of all, I'm the executive director of Metro Vancouver Crime Stoppers. Crime Stoppers is an organization that you can call and always remain anonymous. So if you suspect any criminal activity and you don't want anyone to know your name or uh, who's reporting a crime, you can call Crime Stoppers. And it's very easy. Uh, where you just dial 1-800-222-TIPS or you can visit our website www.solvecrime.ca. Or we also have an app, P3, which is really great. Uh, you just download it from the Apple or the Android store, and you're good to go to provide us with information. Well, you know, my, my former colleague, John Ashbridge, used to voice the uh, Crime Stoppers, uh, uh, bad guys to watch out for of the week announcements that we used to run here on CKNW for many, many years. And he would do such an excellent job of them. We came to understand through those repeated uh, warnings and information segments exactly how how uh, easy it is to remain anonymous and yet do your civic duty and report the bad guys. And I have to say, Sterling, it's such a successful program since the inception of the program uh, about 35 years ago. We've had uh, uh, over almost 100,000 tips. And as a result of that, over half a billion, that's billion, not million dollars worth of property and drugs have been recovered. And that's in the lower mainland only. And that's pretty amazing, given the fact that there's only two million of us. And that's a big number, Linda. And I mean, it's over a prolonged period of time, but it's still a pretty staggering number, isn't it? It sure is. I think people like to use Crime Stoppers because they really oftentimes just want to get the information into the hands of the police, but don't want to get involved. Is there a financial incentive to people? Do, do, do people, I know that, for example, when sometimes there's a, a major crime or something and an unsolved murder and uh, people will offer family members, perhaps will offer rewards, that sort of thing for information leading to the arrest and conviction of and so on. Does that still happen? Yes, we still do offer rewards, but quite frankly, few people actually call us for the reward for the number of tips that we get each year, which is uh, uh, over 5,000 tips a year, and I think last year we had um, about 175 um, arrests as a result of our tips. I think we paid them less than a dozen, uh, actually, uh, 
that were uh, that actually collected the reward. Interesting stuff, but it wasn't a bit. It was just sort of a, a, a more of a, a, a fishing question, if you will, just to find out if the practice is, does still exist, and it does. But it's not the prime motivator; never has been. It's just kind of a, a sweet thing, I suppose, for those who are interested. Linda, let's talk about specifically about cyberbullying. You're on Surrey City Council as, as well as being uh, executive director of Crime Stoppers, so you have a, a unique kind of perspective on all of this. Tell us what you know in the spring of 2020 about the level of cyberbullying activity going on right in our midst. It's rampant. And, you know, I focused it, um, uh, I have been focusing on kids uh, getting cyberbullied, but it's not a problem that is just for kids, adults, and particularly oftentimes seniors are very vulnerable for it. And particularly during this pandemic, when we're all staying home, we've got more time on our on our computers Mm -hmm. and you know there's people out there wanting to take advantage of us yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because here inside the radio station, I'm sure it's happening at corporate offices all over the city, we're getting very, very sophisticated fishing uh, expeditions by bad guys, Linda, using, I mean, they're very good. If You really do have to pay attention because it's got all the, the branding and the logos and it really looks legit. And, and we're constantly getting warnings from our own IT people going, this is, this is bogus, Do do not open this. And so if they're infiltrating communications companies in such sophisticated ways, it almost is scary to contemplate what they're doing to people who are perhaps much more vulnerable and who don't have an IT department downstairs. Absolutely. Um, you get an email and it looks legit. You get it from a bank maybe saying, you know, contact us immediately because your account is overdrawn. Yeah. And then you look and you think, gee, that isn't even a bank I do business with, but it looks legitimate. So you have to be extremely careful. And there's also a lot of people that get lured on social media, you know, on Facebook. They want to be your friend, but they're no friend. They're just looking for information about you and sometimes pictures. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the, uh, because bullying does, I mean, we have a sort of narrow schoolyard bully, the big guy beating up on the little kid. That's what we interpret as bullying. But really, cyberbullying has so many different manifestations, doesn't it, Linda? It sure does. And unfortunately, cyberbullying stays with you 24-7. People put mean, threatening things out about you that are oftentimes and usually untrue, mm-hmm. and they can spread it to thousands and upon thousands of people. And once, it out, once it's out on social media, it's there to stay. And I would also say sometimes people ask you for pictures that are not pictures that should be on the Internet. And you have to be so careful because those pictures are out there forever. And as a young person... At one point, you'll be seeking employment, and you certainly don't want your employers or prospective employers to be seeing that kind of thing. It can cost you your future. So what about, uh, now that's that's preying on vulnerable young people who, of course, are much more, I think, perhaps, Linda, maybe I'm making an incorrect blanket statement, but I think I'm comfortable saying that younger people are much more connected to and therefore dependent upon social media than older people. Absolutely. Um, But I think now with us all staying at home more, we're getting more connected with our computer. Uh, That's how we're connecting with our friends. A lot of us are using, you know, various methods to do online video um, um, 
meetings with our friends, and we just have to be extremely careful that there isn't information, you know, personal information about us getting out there that could cause a problem to us now and in the future. Well, and again, and and this uh, also, this can lead to, I mean, the, the really nasty consequences of this are actually twofold. First of all, your personal information has been sabotaged by someone. And the second half of that, from time to time, in a criminal way, Linda, results in extortion or ransom requests or those sorts of things where it really gets serious. Absolutely. There was a a real problem uh, and still, uh, fortunately, to a lesser degree where, you know, students were here uh, going to university and their parents were getting messages back in their country of origin Mm -hmm. saying that your child has been uh, uh, kidnapped. Please send money. And what parent isn't going to react to that? Of course. So this and again, of course, there's just no degree to which stooping uh, it, it, it ends, does it? I mean, they, they really, you think that was a nasty low blow. Oh, they, it, there's more to come and it's going to be nastier and even meaner. Absolutely. All thereafter is money from you or to somehow uh, get information about you that's damning. So, Linda, uh, two things. Of course, when you get one of these phone calls or emails or somehow you are connected with by someone who is, uh, well, your, your gut tells you instantly something wrong with this. It just doesn't feel right. So the first instruction usually is disconnect. Hang up the phone, uh, close the browser, etc. But if they persist, how does one go about reporting these activities? Well, you should always contact your service provider and let them know. If you know what number it is or you have um, the email address and it's, it's beyond just somebody phishing, you should also let your local police department know as well or Crime Stoppers. Okay, and that number, by the way, is 1-800-222-TIPS. That's been that number for 35 years. What's the online portal for Crime Stoppers again, Linda, please? It's www.solvecrime.ca. Solvecrime.ca. Linda Annis, a Surrey City Councillor, is also Executive Director of Metro Vancouver's Crime Stoppers. And we're grateful for that job. Keep up the good work, Linda. And uh, thanks very much for being with us this morning. It's important stuff, and we appreciate your time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.